darlings, and welcome again to Sisters in the Shadows, the podcast about women in blues and jazz. And of course, I'm Claire Cooper, it's me. In this series, I'm looking at the amazing impact and influence women have had and still have on the development of blues and jazz. Today's episode is dedicated to the one and only, the Queen of Soul herself, Aretha Franklin. Aretha was born in 1942 in Memphis, but grew up in Detroit. Sadly, her mother died of a heart attack before Aretha was 10. Her father, C.L. Franklin, was a Baptist minister with great friends such as Martin Luther King and Sam Cooke. During this time, Aretha taught herself piano and being exposed to her father's emotionally charged sermons and the leading civil rights leaders of the era shaped Aretha's worldview and musical sensibilities. She sang gospel as a teenager. Then when she turned 18, followed her friend Sam Cooke's example and moved to pop music. In 1960, she signed to Columbia Records and released her first hit single, Won't Be Long. Aretha's golden era came when she signed to Atlantic in 1967. It was here where she recorded her best-known and best-loved songs and earned the title Queen of Soul. From the 1970s until her death in 2018, Aretha became a musical icon. She continued to record and perform, and she won the highest of accolades, including several Grammys. A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and the Presidential Medal of Freedom, she was also the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the rest is history. Today I'm talking to the brilliant Ian Shaw. Ian is so talented, I don't know where to start. He's a producer, radio presenter, a stand-up comedian, but more than anything, he's a multi-multi-award-winning jazz singer with an international reputation and has often been described as one of the world's finest male jazz vocalists, and I agree. So I caught up with Ian not that long ago about all his accomplishments and how it all started with the one and only Aretha Franklin. Oh, Ian, it's lovely to hear you and have you on. It's a pleasure. I hope I can supply you with some stuff. (laughs) I'm a massive fan, absolutely brilliant. I mean, not just a massive fan of your voice and your music, but you're a comedian as well. I love that. A right bugger, as my dad used to say. (laughs) I love that. I think it's brilliant. So you're just multi, multi talented. Which is brilliant. And I was just listening to some of your music earlier as well. I actually can't listen to the whole track of Brother. It just has me in floods of tears. Ah, well, it was a very, it was a really bizarre thing that because I I wrote it for my brother who died before I was born. So his, you know, his, his kind of atmosphere, his spirit sort of hung over the family for years and years. You know, we didn't really know him. We didn't have any pictures of him because he was only six months old when he died. Yeah. And then when I went to work in, because I run a charity, um, a refugee charity, and I have done for years, and we were working 
uh, we were doing field work in Calais in the jungle. And yeah. uh, suddenly I thought, well, I could probably, that song, because everybody calls you my brother, my brother, hey, my brother, my brother, my brother. Yeah. Uh, so that song became a bit of an anthem, really. And, you know, over 3,000 um, refugees stuck there, had it as their ringtone. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's just. So a... thank you for saying that. It's, I, it, it was written in 10 minutes. Oh, and written in 10 minutes. Do you know what? Some yeah. of the best songs are, aren't they? I mean, it's I know, just straight from the heart. And Absolutely. It, I couldn't write it down, the chords, the melody, the words. I, I couldn't write it quick enough, Colette, you know. Oh, I, is... I just literally... Thank it, you. It's just the, all my, the hairs on my body stand up and it just fills me. I just... Oh, I have a brother very I'm very close to a, a door. Yeah. Just, I just listen to that song and I'm like, oh my God, I, I just can't listen to all of it. I'm just going to have a meltdown it's really beautiful it's really beautiful <laughs> and you're, you're at ronnie scott's next week aren't you well um, who knows who knows who knows well let's <laughs> yeah, say I mean, yes if, for now i mean well, let's say yes it's bloody now. better yeah, I'm, because I, i'm yeah. coming are you okay. yes i am <laughs> it's you know what the, the weird thing about ronnie scott's at the moment is that it's a much more enjoyable night because yeah. <laughs> there's, it's there's not that many people so you get really fucking great service at yeah. the table for a change and you can really yeah. hear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i'm not saying no i know it's great before, service but... it's great service so i'm a regular i go to Rogers quite a lot and I, I saw you back and oh it was a couple of years ago when i saw you mm. and just fell in oh. love with you and just you know like the the, the nation but no you're you it's, i don't think it's just about your music or your vocals it's your personality as well you know you, it's you're the whole package with you you've got such amazing Amazing! You've heard all this before, but you've got amazing stage presence. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> like you know, you've heard this, haven't you? You've got such character, and I think. Do you think that's because um, you've done so so many other things? Um, you, you know, um, you're in the Jerry well, I'm an actor. opera. I, I, I know you're an actor, yeah. and I think sometimes so I, I think the confidence of being in a space that people are staring at, as well as yeah. most of the other people on stage are also staring at and utilizing. I think it sort of gives you a bit of uh, I mean, I'm much, I'm much more confident with the script. So if yeah. I've learned, you know, if I've learned a script and I'm a character, I feel much uh, less, um, less likely to fall off the edge. If you no, I'm, so I'm, when you're I'm out, exactly the same. I'm an actor yeah. as well, and I'm exactly yeah. the same. You, you, you feel yeah. safe in a character, don't you? You just feel very. But I like the danger of um, just having a set list and a trio yeah. and going off on one and, and my band really are very supportive of all the kind of patter and the comedy things, you know, so they're fine with that. They, uh, they're friends, you know, I've known them for yeah. 5,000 years. So they're really cool with that. With, with other bands. That, oh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm conscious of not doing that when I'm, I'm conscious of not doing that when I'm guesting on other things, you know, yeah. sometimes if I spend how much whiskey and soda's gone in there. <laughs> Do you feel a bit nervous though, if you're playing with musicians that you don't, you haven't played with for a while or it's the first time you played with them you'll think oh, I better be on my best behavior or or they think they might think oh or oh, making a mistake there how do you feel when you when you um, i do new... i i think if you've got a job to deliver like you know uh, for example i you know i sing with the bbc big band and quite a lot yeah. of german and american bands or oh, i used to uh, and, yeah. Um, if you if you've got a map and 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 you trust them that you trust the conductor, for example, and they trust you, then I suppose you just carry on with it and almost 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 apply the actor thing to it, but yeah, uh, with a little bit of freedom. Um, but I'm I mean I love being on stage with other people. You know, I yeah. think it's a 
a very privileged sort of position to be in. And I also love doing things on on the fly as well. So, yeah. you know, often when you're traveling, if you're touring and you're guesting with a big band on some dodgy old Polish television show or yeah. something, I quite like that just stepping in and doing a sound check rehearsal. I love that danger. But equally, I love also spending, you know, months and months and months with a director doing a piece. You know, we did the big blind. Uh, we're meant to be touring in the States for that at the moment, which was a piece that was written by Kurt Elling. Right. And he wrote a part, a part, I suppose, written especially for me. Oh, we, we did it with Ben Vereen and Didi Bridgewater. So I was on stage with a lot of people that I was a little bit kind of in awe of. Yeah, and it's I bet they were in awe of you, though. You've got to remember that. Oh, I don't think so. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Kurt, Kurt really had me up there for the acting chops rather than the singing chops. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's only one male jazz singer on the stage, darling, when Kurt's up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although he's, <laughs> although he's very generous as well. Yeah. And, you know, musically and as as a as a as a human, he's very generous as well. But yeah. So that tour has obviously been on. It's on hold right now. Yeah, I think yeah. Like, like millions Everything. of people in the arts, everything's yeah. like just they're about to pounce on an unsuspecting reformed world. I refuse to say things like it is what it is, and I refuse yeah. to say the new normal. Oh my this god, is I'm not... not saying the new normal. It's not no, normal, is it? The new normal. No, no, it's not normal at all. No, it's not no. normal, and hopefully we will be back to normal because I hope so. I, I just feel well, you'll be feeling the same that that the fear of the arts is just crushing you know not being able well, to survive really not being yeah. able to survive along with the venues and you know the real grassroots venues you know that just cannot afford oh yeah absolutely absolutely and also the crew the you know the bass player who's got three kids and debts yeah. and an, an ex-wife and a mortgage and a yeah you know it's it all adds up but the bigger picture for me with the arts is that it's a direct conduit to life and yeah. we have never really known how to name it thus but it's been like that since people were able to c communicate way with thousands of years ago you know with yeah. through poetry and storytelling and absolutely and however you refine it you know whether it's a ballet or a piece of jazz or an opera or a play or even a piece of sculpture if that is dumbed down then what have we what have we got we then what become pawns we got? in nothing. some sort of dystopian horror movie you know yeah that's how it feels <laughs> It absolutely feels like that right now. Oh, happy day. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh too loud. I've got a really loud laugh. Sorry, Ian. Um, so, Ian, I'm really excited for next week. Fingers crossed that, that everything will go Thank up. you. Thank you. Um, I mean, it means a lot. Thank you. Any requests? I suppose my brother you'll want, won't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I will want that. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I will I be absolutely yelling, crying in the audience, though. It, yeah, it's my... um. It's the, it's the only thing that people shout out for these days. So oh. it's obviously touched a nerve, but it's, very it's apt, so miserable. Yeah. It's such a miserable song. It, it takes a lot <laughs> to sing it these days. You know. I bet you're like, oh, not again. Get with it. Oh, don't please. you want some Carly Minogue? Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. And you've got your own show now, haven't you? You've got you do the you're at Jazz FM. You've got the Ronnie show, Ronnie Scott's show. So you're broadcasting, yeah. which is great. Well, yeah. And how Truth, you I mean, that? Well, do you know, that's the part of lockdown that I've really focused on because it yeah. was, to be honest, it was the only thing I had for about a month and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm not very good at doing things online. I think the quality is such that it's like, for me, it's like kind of singing or acting underwater. Unless you've got, yeah. 
you know, unless you're David Tennant and a production company, uh, or you're Nick Heitner or your yeah. your um, Winter Marsalis, then for me, I really get it. And it, I've watched some wonderful ones. Really enjoyed them. Julia yeah. Beale, Leanne Carroll. I've watched yeah. um, Jason Ravello and Ian Ian Ballamy. But for me personally, I, you know, in my I, I was isolating in my London flat, and I've only got a Fender Rhodes here, so everything. I did sounded like really bad 70s porn. So <laughs> Fabulous. A, <laughs> there's a point where you think, hang on, I need a piano. My piano's in my house, yeah. which I'm not in. So, um, But yeah, the, the radio show is great. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've got a fantastic producer, um, Mike Vitti, who's so, um, you know, he's so hands-on and passionate about the music. And he lets me do the whole... I mean, I noticed I'm just very briefly looked at these questions which are really good that you've set yeah. and he lets me push stuff forward that he knows are uh, not just important to me but also slightly dissolve that macho thing that has hung around ronnie scott's the club for many years you know yeah. so that kind of male-led um stuff so he's really good like, like that so we've managed to get some wonderful new artists on because we and also some huge done American. Of, you've done loads of duos with them, um, you know, Leanne Carroll, who's one of my. Yeah, I love favorites. singing with other singers. I know, but you? lots of women. You really, really, you know, along with the women, the Claire, Claire Martin, Linda Lewis, um, yeah. Sarah J. Morris, you know, and Leanne Carroll, which I love Leanne Carroll. I'm dying to get her on. But um, do I like doing duets? I'm, I, I do. I'm not sure people like doing it with me, though. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but, fair uh, enough. <laughs> you know, I don't know. No, I, I've not done that many, actually. I've got to be honest. I'd like to, yeah. Was, <laughs> why not? You know, I'm up for yeah. anything nowadays. But um, um, I think, see, I know you're a real supporter of women, and um, which is great, you know, because um, I can see that just in your character. And you don't have, a, you know, this macho vibe around you. But I think that's because you're a real artist, you know, you're an actor, you're a comedian, you, you've done everything. <laughs> Does that make sense? So yeah, you, yeah. she's on uh, everything. Yeah. You, you've got, you work with your inner feminine side, Ian, you know? Well, I, I would say, I would say female rather than feminine, but I've always no, okay, really, yeah, yeah. I've always really, uh, I've never ever understood how other human beings can be less than others. So yeah, yes, I don't know what, I don't, in the, in the kind of, you know, God must be a boogeyman. You know, Joni says it all, you know, the, yeah. the master plan and all that sort of stuff. You know, the atheist rule. Yeah. I've never got um, misogyny, number one. I've never got it. I didn't yeah. ever understand it. Even when I was 13, 14, I didn't get it. And I yeah. saw it all around me because I come from a very small, you know, village in North Wales and yeah. surrounded by white males who yeah. really, really... The, the wives were pretty hidden away, you know, and I never yeah. got it. I never understood Where it. Where they so. should be in the kitchen. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Playing in brass bands, though, that was good because there were a lot of women yeah. in the brass bands. So that a lot. Aha! That's right. A lot of women in brass bands. And, you know, over 100 years yeah. ago, they were massive big female orchestras, you know. Yeah. yeah. Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordoff Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. 
They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordif-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordif-robbins.org.uk. When did you realize you could sing? Because did you um, I, think, oh, God, actually, I've got a good voice. Unless I didn't really wake up one day. Like, it, was, it wasn't a bolt from out. It was, um, I played the piano for, I can't remember not playing the piano. And yeah. then my dad, my dad taught me how to play the cornet, so I joined the brass band. Yeah, uh, I love that. Singing, I used to sing along uh, with kind of mostly with sort of solely records that I used to almost listen to in secret. Yeah. Um, in my bedroom or in the sitting room. Uh, I, singing, I was thrown out of the choir at school because my voice was weird. I had a very loud it voice. It stood then, out. It stood out. That yeah. It was weird. It was unique. It stood out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't blend, you know, musically, yeah. but I could play the piano always. And then. It wasn't really Who until... Who wants to blend? Who wants to blend? Who wants to blend? <laughs> Met loads of people. Yeah, you know. I guess it wasn't until I came to London and started doing piano bar gigs. I and mean, that gave me the confidence to... So I'd be doing like Friday and Saturday nights in a pub or in a wine bar. Yeah. And then I got an agent who sent me on the piano bar circuit in Europe. Very young, very young. So I had to sing. So how sing. old were you then when when you had when you did that? 18, 19, 20, 21. Wow. wow. So, so that... you really earned your stripes. I mean, really tread the but... boards. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, she I had, had to had learn. To sing. A bit like Nina Simone. She had to sing. Yeah. She didn't even want yeah. to. So, so you started singing and then did you think, did you I'm playing you at the same time. I'm playing at the same time. And yeah. Did you, yeah. Were you aware that you had such unique vocals? Did you, were you aware? Did no. anyone come up to you? Ever? Well, people must have come up to you and said, oh, Oh my god! I really love your voice. I mean, you not just... really, no, no, they, no, 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 not really, and they still don't. I think it's, um, I, I think it's just a given that if you're up there and someone's paid thirty-five quid to go to you, then you, <laughs> you better, better be, be able to good. have a good voice. Yeah, uh, people don't sort of. I think people like like you very um, astutely did at the beginning of our chat. I think people respond yeah. to what you're singing rather than the instrument. Sometimes, yeah. you know. Uh, I've been, you know, I, I, my old manager, Darren in America, he used to say, you really are Marmite, you know, cause there are people who absolutely love how you do your thing. And there are people who really don't love it at all. That's and even better you, than everybody loving it. <laughs> yeah. It's the same with every art, I think, you know, yeah. everything that people produce, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really not a fan of, uh, things like fantasy, so sci-fi. So the things like J.K. Rowling and yeah. doesn't even enter, vaguely enter my world, you know, yeah, whereas I'm the same, watching Pamela Adlon on Better mm. Things, you know, that yeah. long-running thing, I, it yeah. just moves me beyond yeah. reproach, really. So well, my, it's horses for courses, isn't it? But see, my dad, has a, my dad taught me a saying, it's like, you know, you'll, you'll know this, being from Wales, it's um, you can't 
you can't please the people can't please all the people all of the time and yeah. that's it and you know yeah. it's yeah. that's just the way it is we, we, it's we a like, good adage isn't it yeah you know i love you anyway a million <laughs> other people that's all that matters don't worry about anyone else saying it's me that matters but who was the first female sort of jazz singer you grew up with when you first listened as a child or teenager who who was it that really stuck out it's really interesting question that because it's a sort of glorious almost like a gathering storm i think you know so it goes from one stepping stone to the next so as a kid i think i my mum you know she ironed to family favorites for 25 years so we heard things like sandy shaw dusty springfield yeah silla black when i was really little so three four five lulu really really touched me because i just thought wow that's such a raw sound you know yeah, so it was kind of and all those i've then realized that all the styles and the phrasing of those very famous tv pop singers whose singles and records i had you know from flint market mm. they all their style came from black american music so then right. yeah i'm sure you felt the same so when when i got to 14 and 15 i realized that aretha franklin existed and that yes. without doubt without doubt her sound her gospel chops her politics her strength totally changed my life totally yeah. from that one album um young gifted and black yeah i could not get enough of it and i didn't understand where that came from i didn't how can she do that you know yeah. so i think I, I used to copy i used to learn all the songs i had by the time i was 16 i probably had about 25 aretha albums that my dad had got me from Chester, Penny oh, Lane Records. From Chester, love Chester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I learned them, I learned all those songs from Aretha, so I learned them all wrong. So when she sang, you know, uh, What I Did For Love from Chorus Line, it yeah. was like, instead of it being, kiss today, goodbye, she just went, mm, kiss today, goodbye. Yeah. Just oh. me. Oh, I love then, singing to me and carry on. <laughs> and, she's all, and I just, and then when I learned the originals, I thought, I'm like, well, relearn them all again. So I yeah. love the fact that she was already, um, even as a, you know, that album she did when she was 17 years old is just oh beyond belief, you know, the no, first 12 sides, you know. So it's definitely woman. Aretha Franklin and then uh, Nina Simone. I saw, Nina that was the first artist I saw in London was Nina Simone really? at Ronnie's. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, what did you think? Was she rude to you in the audience? My one regret well, is that I was never able to see Nina Simone because uh, apparently she was notorious, which I love about her, that she was completely rude to people in the audience. She used to say things like, you don't understand me, you don't understand my music. She was just, and I would love her. I was like, oh, I love it. She'd tell people to sit down. She'd tell people to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she, to me, she seemed collectively rude to everyone Great. in the world. And um, I didn't notice that she pointed people out. I stood at the back. I remember the old Ronnie's when you had that ledge at the back near the kitchen, yes, you know? Yeah. And I stood there. I can't remember how I got in. I wangled myself in it. God knows what, 1920. I was at, definitely at university. Yeah. And on she came with um, Paul Robinson on drums, only Paul Robinson on drums, no bass wow. player. And it was so, because I'd had all her albums, you know, from my dad. And I thought, oh my goodness gracious me, she's actually the same as she is on the albums in the room. Yeah. And um, 
I, and then I got to know Pete King really well when I started working with Ronnie Scott's band and yeah. doing late shows there and things and the stories, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those was, stories. I love yeah. the stories of Ronnie's. You know, Pete, Pete, no, Ronnie, I think it was Ronnie Scott got a phone call from a friend of his and said, uh, have you got, have you got Nina Simone on tonight? And Ronnie yeah. said, uh, yeah, there's Q all the way down to Soho Square. And he said, well, she's currently asleep in her spaghetti in my <laughs> restaurant in Fulham. <laughs> so, you know, she, she was. <laughs> was she? Oh my God. She, yeah. So the, you know, it, I, all those stories are just fascinating. You know, the kind of suffering artist and everything. Did, when you were, was that the first time you actually went to Ronnie's at that time? Was that the first time you actually stepped foot in no, Ronnie's? No. Well, my what, my when, how old were you when you first stepped foot in Ronnie's? I first went to Ronnie's. Um, I wangled myself in CP Evans, and it was his yeah. last ever performance, I think, in, in, in England, you know, over here, definitely. Wow. Uh, and I was there. And I met Simon Wallace, the piano player there. He was, and I thought he was really cool because he was about four or five years older than me. He's a firm friend now. And um, I remember being, watching this bearded guy play the piano like I'd never, ever heard. I'd never heard piano playing like it. So um, for me, that really set it all in. I thought, wow, well, I yeah. won't be playing the piano much longer. I'll just concentrate on the singing, I suppose. Um, but, you, so was, but you do play the piano still. I do, yeah, I do play yeah, the piano, yeah. yeah. But did so you ever was, think at that age, I'm going to be on that stage one day soon? I'm no, first, no. You know, renowned jazz club no. in the world? No, because I was, I was auditioning for theatre stuff and musical yeah. theatre stuff, so I never really thought that I had the magic or the chops or the knowledge to 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 be a jazz musician you know yeah i'm still not that confident about the piano playing i can sing anyone off off the stage in terms of my knowledge of yeah. harmony singing yeah. i know how to sing with a band but i you know i think like most artists, same with me I with mean, piano i'm I, I is it I can't. I'm, I'm. I'm shit. I'm just gonna say it. Um, uh, I play a little bit, and I. I could play my own stuff. I blag it. I yeah. blag it. I completely blag it. I can't yes, read music. Though. I'm just taking up piano lessons again, actually, just because I thought, well, I don't know if I'll ever be able to read music, but I just blag it. I'd prefer just to sing anyway. Let let someone way better than me play. <laughs> Yeah. It's a freedom when you, you know, I, I love being with my band because I can totally do one thing, you know, yeah. and um, really enjoy the fellowship on stage, you know. Yeah, it's a different yeah. freedom, isn't it? It's different. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, it's like multitasking if you're quite good at multitasking. I'm not very good at trying to play and then sing at the same time. It's like rubbing your head and tapping your stomach. I'm, I'm Even though I'm a woman, I still, multitasking is difficult for me. Can't do it. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm trying to master the harmonica as well at the moment. How oh, are you? As well. That's I'm really hard. <laughs> I know I'm crap, Ian. Let me tell you. So <laughs> soloing on it. I mean, it's easy to suck and blow and get a few chords yeah. and things, but there's all the chromatic shit, isn't it? Oh, you know, in between. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Look for. I look forward to your solo harmonica album. Oh my god! You know what? I might do it just for a laugh when I'm good enough. When I'm good, I'm <laughs> just nowhere near good enough at the minute. But so, Ian, I want to know more about your musical theatre as well. Like, you know, you did the Jerry Springer opera. How was that? I never got to see it, sadly, but lots and lots of friends said they just raved about it. Hmm. Oh. I did the first, I was in the first ever cast. My, my then partner, Andrew Emerson, who was yeah. in Chicago, the musical, and I've known Richard Thomas and Stuart Lee forever. Yeah. Um, 
from the comedy scene. Um, and my then partner was in it and yeah. Richard and Stuart said, what, what can we, what will it take for Ian to get involved in this at this yeah. early stage? And Andrew said, just, just write, write him a part. So I went and played the warm up man uh, who then I became the devil. <laughs> I heard you can it see like it online, the, I think. I can see I'm going to have to watch online because at the time I had lots of friends who went to see it and they said it was the best mm. thing they've ever, ever seen on stage. Oh, that's amazing. I'll tell Richard. I'm seeing Richard next week. I'm going to go and see. Yeah. Or am I? Or am I? I'm going to go or and see him I? do. Uh, he's at the Phoenix Arts uh, Theatre with uh, Suze Kempner, who's brilliant. Yeah. She's written loads of new material. I see Richard. I've seen a lot of Richard through lockdown because he's, yeah. he's walkable from me. It, what was it like? It was it was really difficult, which is why I didn't stay with it. Um, it why did you find it so difficult? Just because... it was using. It, yeah. He wrote the whole thing for it was through song. Yeah. And it was a very difficult score. So one minute I was singing <laughs> sort of really operatically. Really properly. Yeah. The character bass, you know. And then yeah. I'd be doing like a sort of Robert Plant, you know, sort of <laughs> you know, and I lost yeah. my voice. You know, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really that um robust vocally in order to be able to go and take that on the road. So yeah, okay, I did that's a um, lot of it's tired. I did three months. Voice like that. Yeah. Three months is three good months, though. It? Yeah. Three months, three months is brilliant. Yeah, but but you know, and he, we did like workshop performances of it and then a bigger yeah. performance, then another performance. So it was spread over three months. But I saw the guy that took over the devil, which is the part that was um written for me, yeah, uh, won that. a he won an Olivier Award. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Yeah. yeah, but he's a great, great actor and singer, David Badila. Yeah, um, he, yeah, but he hasn't award. got great albums out like you, has he? Though <laughs> I don't like, know. He's not playing at Ronnie Scott's like you, is he? No, no darling, he's no. not. All he no. can do is put that award in his toilet, and that's it. <laughs> what does that mean? Nothing, Ian. Let me tell you. Um, but three months is generally, I think, long enough. I mean, actors. I mean, I know myself. I just like oh, after like after a few weeks, I want the set to fall down just to have some <laughs> just to have some excitement because you're so fed up with saying the same lines. Or, you know, but I'm um, I was in rehearsals for to play Janis Joplin actually mm. just before lockdown. So one woman mm. play with you know driven by music, and mm. um, that was tough. And I just thought wow. I can't do this for. Are you going to pick that up again? Yeah, we're picking it up again. But I just thought I'm the same. I won't be able to do it for longer than three months if that because mm. the energy of that her voice or trying to get you know it's like whew, yeah. You? night or you know eight shows yeah. a week, whatever it is it's just yeah kill me you have to find a different way i think when you're acting you have to find a different way of sort of being don't you really and, yeah. and um it's almost like you put your own self on hold for two or three hours and and do yeah. it i don't get that when i'm singing in in on yeah, jazz gigs at no. all i'm genuinely exhausted at the end of jazz gigs whereas i think if i'm act, when i do an acting job um, I sort of switch off and then that's good. almost like put it into hybrid mode, you know, yes. the whole thing. It's funny, isn't, isn't it? it? It's like a form of meditation or something. Like It is. It is. And also on stage. in a world world. Do you know what I mean? You just... Yeah. Yeah. And you can do anything as another character, you know. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt Elling and I, were, we had a dance routine in New York for this show at the beginning of the year. And, I, and he, he looked at me and he went... <laughs> are you how scared are you on a low? I said, Are you gonna be fine? I've danced before, you will be fine. And yeah. we did it and sort of, you know, chortled our way through it. But we it it was fine, you know, because you're you're playing, you're not playing yourself. So you yeah. can almost, you know, I was playing a bat, a really evil character, and he was playing a very 
damaged character who was preyed upon by my character. So we sort of lost, the character sort of took over the effort, if you see what I mean. (laughs) It's like like being hypnotised or something. Yeah, it is. What you said before was was absolutely correct. Um, What did you say? Uh, You said it's like a, I don't know. Like a form of meditation. 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 And then sometimes you'll notice when you come off stage, you kind of forget what's happened or, Mm. and it's so weird just before you go on stage sometimes and you'll get this. I have completely forgot all my lines. Seconds oh, before I go, I'm like, oh my god, I can't remember anything. But then you go no, on, totally. and it's all there. It's well, really that's the other thing. Do you find the that possession? When yeah, when you're singing, if you're singing just a song, which has got not in context of anything else that you're doing that evening, I can forget. I, I mean, I've forgotten the words to <laughs> the very thought of you or summertime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yet I can play um, a part from the beginning to the end and memorize it's to do with muscles and muscle memory movement and 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 you know that actors have um i only found out this recently actually we've got we have we suffer with short-term memory loss because when when you've done years and years of like learning scripts and you fill your head with all these lines apparently you empty other areas out i can't remember the actual technical i'll i'll email it to you i'll i'll wow that sounds really fascinating yeah and and so your 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 memory capacity changes and because i'm the same i could sing a song that i've written and i'll still forget the the lines (laughs) yeah like literally and it's weird. It's just weird. And yet when you rehearse something, you remember all those things for ages. Like, I bet you remember something when you were doing a play, like when you were 19, and you remember like a Shakespeare, say you were doing a Shakespeare play and you remember all those lines, but then you can't remember the song lines that you sang last week. It's really. Oh, something. I've messed up. I messed up my brother a few times and I've killed, I've killed my father off before, before the second verse happens. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Oh no, of course. And yeah, I could, you know, the Cassio loves her. I do well believe that she loves him to his afternoon of great credit. I could quote you endlessly torrents yeah. of Shakespeare that I've done and that's what I mean it's weird, isn't it? I'm gonna send yeah. you this link on um the the brain for acting do yeah do really really bizarre so I want to know about some of your funny gig stories like I know you've got loads like oh like the, the ceiling falling down or well I mean there are so many aren't there I suppose I think that yeah. in terms of one of the things you one thing that uh you asked about radio hit hiccups and the thing that yes. really made me laugh was I used to co-present on BBC Radio South you know when all yeah. the counties join up um and I had a wonderful co-presenter I can't name her because it's a bit silly really it's a bit I don't want to shame her and name her but right. she was okay. ri- suffice to say she was fantastic and I if not for her I wouldn't have enjoyed going down to Tunbridge Wells every Tuesday night to do a show yeah. but she she had massive gaps in her popular music knowledge because she was a wet she started with news and weather on right. the radio so so she said what well, she said and that was i'm not in love by ioc <laughs> and i looked at her across the desk and i went what did you just say uh, ioc and i said no that's 10 cc and that really <laughs> It's never left me, and she, and obviously we met because we were. <laughs> that's brilliant. I mean, she's, oh, if she, oh my god! If she happens brilliant. to be listening to your podcast, we um, love you in. wherever you are because that's made my day. Yeah. That is absolutely brilliant. Oh my god! <laughs> Mind you, I do silly things like that. I, I sometimes get all my words mixed up, and yeah, of course, it's. But that is brilliant. That's genius, Ioc. 
I think so. <laughs> and it, the, the gigs, now what about the gigs? I mean, there was, there was a woman who used to come to all my gigs in a certain part of the country uh, and she knitted all the way through and you could hear this kind of clicky, clicky, clicky knit thing. But, you know, and I didn't shame her. I just said, excuse me, are you knitting? Can you knit me something? And sure enough, she did. So she knitted she me a scarf, <laughs> which is quite sweet. I think the, the, the weirdest thing was I worked with Charlotte Church for five or six years, sort of mentoring her and playing on her TV things. And just she just weirdly, she saw me on the Jack D show years ago and said, oh, I'd like to work with them. I thought it was a joke at first when her management called me. But anyway, so we became good friends. And I, we, we ended up doing the Tsunami fundraiser at the Cardiff Arena, which was so many people. I mean, it was, we just followed Kasabian. And yeah. I mean, it's just a joke. Kylie Minogue, I think, did it. Tom Jones. It was massive. And she was top of the bill. And I said, yeah. Charlotte, you do realize it's just a piano and you out there. Are you sure you want to be top of the bill? Why don't you use a backing track and yeah. go out there and do all your you know, all your hit. Um, and she yeah. said, no, it's just me and you, E. So we went um, out there and I was so cold. It was just before Christmas. My hands were so, so frozen. You were out I, I overcompensated on the piano. And then yeah. afterwards, she just she came off stage. It was amazing. We did, I think, Over the Rainbow or something really beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. End, end the whole show. And she just said, she said, fucking hell, mate, you were all over that place. <laughs> and she said, have you had a drink, darling? Have you had a drink? <laughs> And I just thought, what am I doing? I've got, I've got awards coming out of the ear holes for jazz. And here I am playing over the rainbow to 100,000 people with some teenage icon. It was very, it was, just made me laugh. But I love that though. I love that, Ian, <laughs> that you do stuff like that. Because what I love about you as well, you are you're multi-award winning, you're multi-talented, but also you're super down to earth. You don't take yourself too seriously. And how you can you, you in this know, world? No, how can you? But that's what's lovable about you. That's what, what people relate. You know, you're very relatable. And, and that's why you're easy, you know, you're easy to talk to. And yet, you know, if I think about it, and I said this to my partner earlier, I said, oh, I'm so excited to be speaking to Ian. He's so talented. He's got all these awards. And you really have. And it's amazing. But you're just such a down-to-earth, lovely, lovely human being. Daft bugger. That you're a daft bugger like me. your mum. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mom you're, you're, Ian, yeah. you're a daft bugger. Simple as like that. But That's no. it. So what Can I have you... that on my website? A daft yes. bugger. Go on, Ian just say Martin that. Colette Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And the daft bugger. But you played everywhere now, haven't you? Other than, you know, that Ronnie's, you've been there everywhere. Oh, Every God. Every single wonderful Yeah, jazz. I played I I played for the first time solo. I played the Albert Hall last year, which was really oh, special. Because my, I would love to, I'd love my mum and dad to have seen that. They're, yeah. they're, no, they're no longer with us. But that was the sort of pinnacle for me, doing that room. Because I've, I've guested there in with gospel choirs, and I did yeah. a reading there once, but I've never sung there on in my own right so that was really really like what the hell did you were you nervous for that because that's a huge no stage. You just it was think, i it, belong here this is my stage I no i didn't think that at all no. it was no i was nervous about the fact that there was a possibility of me having to duet with van morrison which I, i've done before yeah because uh, i thought oh no because he might what which van are we gonna get you know and I, that yeah. made me a bit nervous but in the end, Kurt Elling did the Georgie Fame thing because Georgie fell off a ladder and lacerated his hand, <laughs> oh, so he couldn't God. do it. Jeez. So it, there was a backstage panic there, and we were worried about how much uh, 
how, uh, how long Nigel Kennedy was going to play. Half of that was, was fine. And I got to sing Calling You, which was Ronnie Scott's favourite song. So that was... I that bet was that, really I mean, that's just like a dream come true because that Yeah, it is, just, it is. What it was very hot. Yeah, it was a little bit kind of, a little bit Hollywood-y sort of gold of kind of glitter falling down. And, you know, yeah, and I could see all the lights on all the little, you know, yeah, it was very special. That's the gorgeous Ian Shaw. And if you're actually listening to this on the day the show comes out, which is Friday, October the 9th, Ian is performing at Ronnie Scott's in London tonight. Now, there may be time to get tickets, so have a go, try, and um, hurry, because you will not be disappointed. But I think it's probably sold out, but do try. He's playing at Ronnie Scott's tonight, which is Friday, October the 9th, which is today. That's the show for this week, kids. And if you liked it, please subscribe now on your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, leave a review. Go on. Make it a good one. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. Thanks to the gorgeous Mike Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappett for their production support. And most of all, you guys for listening. Oh, also... I've created a great Spotify playlist which features all the amazing artists um, so far in Sisters in the Shadows, including some of the guys like Ian too, so have a listen to that. And I'll be back in your feed next Friday talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz. See you then.